0: It is The Drive, ESPN Radio 93.5, The Drive with Tay and Piper. I am Lon Tay, Kyle Tosk, sitting in for Derek Piper, running the board because I'm still unsure how to do it, nor do I have any confidence in doing it, but one of these days, I'm going to be the rookie again. I'm
1: going to have to throw you into the
0: fire at (laughs) some point. (laughs) That's the one time where Kyle's going to have all the experience over me. It, despite my 30 years in radio television, Kyle's going to come in like with his chest puffed out going, <laughs> let's see what you got, young guy. See what you can do on that board. All right, Derek Piper is in New York. He's a couple time zones away, just one. And uh, he will join us around 3.30. We'll try to get to him today from Madison Square Garden to get you ready for Illinois and FAU. Illinois 6-1, and one, FAU 7-1 and one on the season uh fau is who what, what is their name Florida atlantic no no no, no. i mean they're uh, oh, the owls owls that's right yeah the owls are ranked 11th in the country illinois ranked number 20 after they moved up from 24 with the win over rutgers impressive win over rutgers of course fau comes into this game playing some impressive teams as well it's a team that went to the final four last year and returned basically eight of their top nine players so there's a lot at, uh, a lot in play tonight for this Illini team. One that is a veteran team. We've talked all about that. One that we hope doesn't get rattled by certain situations. And look, you've got to be tested as you go along. And certainly where we looked at this three-game stretch with at Rutgers and then, of course, an FAU team in a non-conference in the Jimmy Valvano Classic, which Illinois, by the way, won and three. Their only win last year against Texas. And then, of course, in Knoxville against Tennessee, a team that's ranked 17th. So you looked at that little three-game gauntlet and you thought, all right. I mean, honestly, let me ask you this, Kyle. Going into that, how many did you think Illinois would win? How many did you hope? I hope for 3-0. <laughs> um, you know, I, I,
1: I mean, I think all three of these games are winnable in their own right. I don't think you're taking on any of these teams are Goliath, who you're going to be a 10-point underdog and not expected to compete in these games. But – it going into it, I, I don't know. My expectation was maybe only get one of the three. Yeah, uh, same here, same here. So I, to start off, going on the road at Rutgers, that's probably the game on paper that you were supposed to win, and and now you go into this week, and I think you get more of a test. I, Rutgers, it, it's not easy to win on the road at Rutgers. I think that was still a really impressive performance. But these two games coming up are really going to show you, especially coming off losing at home to Marquette, who's really good. Now you get another chance against a true
0: national contender to see where you're at. It's interesting to me, style points matter. And I'll say it like this If Illinois goes to Rutgers, wins the game by five, and you get out of there and you're sitting there, you know, you're sitting there as an Illinois fan going, hey, and, and in all honesty, everybody knows this with any conference. Anytime you get a road win on the conference, especially to start the season, you're taking that and running. I don't care if you won by one or 40. But to me, style points matter. And the fact that Illinois crushed Rutgers and played just unbelievable basketball and showed you a lot of things that we felt like would be strengths of this team. Rebounding. Uh, you know guys that uh, like the passing the unselfishness etc now defensively they were defensively, fantastic that's a great call that should have been probably number one for me well rebounding will always be one but defensive defensive play should be number two for this team Uh, the shooting was a little bit better than what probably even I expected in that game but of course that that was because they shared the ball so well and kind of you know they they felt it right they got the confidence going and i think that helps when you get off to a 14-2 or whatever start any shooter will tell you if you make your first one it's going to be a good night you hope so it's one of those situations where Kyle i mean if if, if illinois limps out of uh what is it called J- uh not jimmy John's uh, uh, jersey, jersey mike arena. arena we don't we
1: don't need to call it that
0: <laughs> if they limp out of the rack Uh, With a four-point win, I'm excited, but yet I'm not as confident going into tonight. So for me, I think the way Illinois played, now obviously it's a different night. you got to duplicate that. You're going to be playing a lot faster team, a lot quicker team, et cetera. But I think that does matter for me. The, The way Illinois played against Rutgers on Saturday going into this game gives me more confidence in the sense that Illinois can get it done tonight.
1: Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think if they play the way they did, on Saturday they're going to be extremely hard to beat for anybody whether that's Rutgers or whether that's you know Arizona and Kansas you know so i i i think they put together a really complete performance. I think they showed how dominant they can be on the defensive end, which is important because you go into this Florida Atlantic game. This is one of the better offensive teams in the country yes. has been in the last 2 years and just the the way they look on that end of the floor gives me confidence that they can really frustrate this team and and, and compete in this game and and yeah, I think the way Terrence Shannon is playing right now, you have a ton of confidence going into almost any game, maybe save for Purdue and mm-hmm. maybe another one, that he's going to be the best player on the court any given night and can be if he plays his best basketball. And, uh, yeah, I just I, – I agree with you. I think – if you had to grind out an ugly win where the offense was still a huge concern and you put up 59 points and snuck out of there, like right. you'd go into this week and you'd still have a lot of questions and you you wouldn't be sure that Illinois could hang with these teams at this point based on what we've seen. But now I think you saw based on it just didn't feel like Rutgers was anywhere close to Illinois' Mm -mm. level on Saturday. And so that gives you confidence now going in against a couple national contenders that
0: Illinois should
1: be right with those
0: guys. Especially when Illinois takes that big lead and Rutgers punches back, which they should do at home especially – then you felt like once they punched back and got it to within three, I thought we're going to have a pretty good game the rest of the way. And, of course, that wasn't the case. Illinois came out in the second half and dominated and pulled away from Rutgers, which I think is even more impressive in that sense. But you are talking about an FAU team that can score a lot of points. They they hung 96 on Texas A&M, who was ranked 12th at the time. 96 points on Texas A&M. And like Piper wrote in his Three keys and a victory, or three keys and a pick is what it is. I won't tell you whether he picked a victory or not. Maybe I gave that away, but possibly not. We'll let Derek tell you that at 330. But as he said in that, you know, you basically, you have a top 10 offense against a top 10 defense for Illinois. Illinois, you know, they always say defense travels. So you feel like that should help you out tonight in terms of getting this game where you have a possibility of winning it. I mean, in your mind, with is Illinois good enough against a, let's just say, top 10 team, I mean, they're 11th, to maybe not have to muck it up, if you will? Because I feel like their defense will keep them in most games, like the Marquette game. You know, obviously Marquette came out in that game and looked really good, but Illinois' defense kind of withstood the punches a little bit and kept you in that game. FAU is going to be an interesting test tonight because they're going to be able to score points. They're going to be able to hit threes. That's what they like to do best, and that's what Illinois does the best. So it'll be interesting to see. But in your mind, does Illinois as a team have to muck it up, you think, tonight? Or do they have the skills, probably with Shannon, to be able to kind of hang with guys, even if it comes to a scoring kind of a game?
1: I mean, I think there's, a cert- to a certain extent, there's teams where you're just not really going to be able to muck it up against them. I think Florida Atlantic's one of those teams like that if, if you're going into this game expecting Illinois to hold them to 60 points, I yes, 58. I, just, I think that's very unlikely <laughs> to happen. So I think there's an aspect where you can make it difficult on Florida Atlantic. You can hold them below their season average, which is crazy. I mean, their last 5 games they've been in the 90s 3 times and in the 80s the other 2 times. Wow. I think you can hold them under that and make life tougher than they've that it's been on them so far, but I still think that you're going to need to you need to keep up with them, and, and they're going to get theirs at some point. Regardless, you could be a great defensive team, and and at, this is a team that returns almost everybody from a Final Four team last year, and just is so cohesive. Like they are going to. They're going to get theirs at some point. So I think Illinois needs to be able to match that, and they need to build off the offensive performance they put together at Rutgers and show a lot of those similar things in terms of moving the basketball, generating really good possessions. And I think they should be able to do that against Florida Atlantic tonight, and they're going to have to. I, I, I don't think you can expect to go in there and make this a really ugly, slow game because
0: that's just – Florida Atlantic's too good for that, I think. That's a great point, point. and you're you're young. You understand these things, so I want to tell you what Piper wrote today. Illinois eighth nationally in adjusted defensive efficiency. What the hell does that even mean? That's a Ken Palm metric. Uh, to, I mean, I, judge a I, like I'm looking at that, going, well, they must be pretty good defensively. But what is adjusted defensive efficiency? I don't understand that.
1: It's it's made up of a lot of a lot of different oh, things. You'd okay. have to go to Ken Palm and find <laughs> that out. <laughs>
0: So, you'd rather not answer right now? I, I don't know exactly what
1: like, all the components are. It's an algorithm, it's analytically based, but
0: I, I trust it. And yeah. I, I think it's, I get uh, it. I have one more question, Your Honor. Um, there, Illinois is also first in effective field goal percentage defense. Now, I think I know what that means. That means they're as good as anybody in the country in making you take tough shots. Yes. Okay. And, and a lot of teams don't make shots against Illinois is what I'm thinking when it comes to that stuff. But I was reading that today, and I'm like, what What does that even mean? As you look at this FAU team, and again, we're going to have Derek Piper on coming up here pretty soon. Next hour, we'll hear a little bit from Brad Underwood, who met with the media yesterday, get you ready for that. And we'll close things out with kind of our thoughts on tonight's game. Again, an early tip, 5.30 on ESPN from Madison Square Garden. Uh, I was going to ask you about this team. You've got – you know you got some guards on this team that can light it up, that love to shoot from the outside. You also have an interesting guy inside, Vladislav Golden, who's seven foot one. Sean Harrington mentioned him yesterday with the idea that you'd like to see Coleman Hawkins bring him outside. Now, I, admittedly, I've not seen Golden play this year. Now, I watched him last year, in, I think, in the tournament. I think he was on that team. Yeah, Obviously. He was. So I saw that team last year. I guess he didn't kind of stick out to me much in that tournament, but – you look at what Coleman Hawkins and a little bit of what Dane Danger were able to do against Cliff Amore on Saturday, which was really holding all Big Ten guy down to three of ten shooting, do you expect a similar performance out of Illinois, especially Coleman Hawkins? And if you get that tonight against Golden, who's averaging, by the way, 16.7 boards, if you get that out of Coleman tonight, what you did Saturday – is that going to tell you right there that we need to appreciate Coleman Hawkins more than we do? Yeah,
1: I mean I think if Coleman wins the matchup with Golden tonight, that will go not only be extremely important towards Illinois winning the game, but I think it will really prove Coleman's value. I think it'll be a difficult matchup. That's one where I think Florida Atlantic comes in and they can exploit that matchup a little bit. Not that I don't think Coleman can handle him, but it's, he's a really big, he's 7-1 like 250 something. Coleman just doesn't have the physicality. No. Like if he goes down in the post, I, I he did a great job on Cliff Amori on Saturday. I just I don't think Cliff Amori is as offensively skilled I as a lot of saying. other big men. I and think, not as thick, right? right yeah, I, I, I think he's a good lob threat. He's a guy that you can put and pick and roll and and dump it down to for easy buckets. But he's not a guy like in the post that's going to do a whole lot of damage on you. I think Golden can do that a little bit more. And I think. I even think back to the Marquette game where you went up against Oso Iguodaro and they put him in a lot of actions, and Illinois did struggle, even with Coleman out there at times guarding that. So I think Florida Atlantic is going to try to run some things through their big guy uh, especially knowing how good Illinois has been on the perimeter with their bigger guards and mm-hmm. Rogers and Shannon and and really try to generate some offense through him. So I think that is going to be one to watch and I'm curious to ask Pipes his thoughts on that as well.
0: I think what will be interesting too is you've played a Marquette team that we obviously understand is a Final Four potential team and a team that could probably cut down the nets if needed. I feel, I feel like they've got what they need including an All-American point guard there with Kolok. We saw that. Now you're going to play a team that actually got to the Final Four last year and I thought this was interesting. On the- U of I and Line Lake Text line, Wes said that watching FAU play, they remind me a lot of Houston. And that's scary, right? Because the last time Illinois ran into Houston, we know what happened there a couple of years ago in the NCAA tournament second round where I never felt like Illinois was in that game. I never felt like Illinois was in that game against Houston. To the point of, in other words, I never thought Illinois was going to win that game. I had zero confidence after about the first eight minutes. The second TV timeout, basically, where I was ordering another beer at line I in, saying, this game's done, uh, I should have been at Pia's. Obviously, because I think fortunes would have changed. But when you sense that, and, and, and it'll be interesting to be able to play a Marquette, you're going to play a Tennessee team that's physical, you're, they're coming up, right? Oh, boy. they <laughs> they big-time physical. They are. And now you're going to play a team in FAU that's – that's they can be physical, don't get me wrong, but they kind of rely more on skill. So, I mean, this is a nice little early with Marquette, with FAU, and that's what you want, right? It's a te- It's a way to test this team to see how they will react to certain environments, to certain systems, to certain styles of play, if you will, on teams to where – it kind of helps you look down the road in March and understand, okay, if we get in and you see the brackets and you say, oh, well, we're running into a team that looked like a FAU or played like Tennessee, this will give you an idea what Illinois and how they're going to shape up against teams like that.
1: Yeah, I think especially on the physicality point, like that's clearly what the identity of this team is is going to be this year. And it'll be a great gauge going up against teams that can match that. And it felt like Saturday against Rutgers, Illinois just bullied them all day. Against these low-major teams, Illinois is just going to bully their way to victory. And I don't think you can necessarily get away with doing that against teams like Florida Atlantic and teams like Tennessee. Maybe Florida Atlantic more so. But I think a lot of people have made the point, like, this is not your average, like, mid-major team that's going to get overwhelmed physically. No physically and with the size of what Illinois is going to bring because they are big and they are athletic as a mid-major team as you're going to find but I still think you're going to get a situation where Illinois can't just rely on that. Illinois is not going to expect to come in this game and out-rebound this team by 30 and bully their way to victory. I think that it is going to be a big test for them to see what happens when when you don't necessarily have an advantage in that department and you have to find other ways to win.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. I just texted Pipes and told him, hey, let us know when you're ready and we'll get right to you on that. Uh, That's a good point, what you bring up, and and it's going to be interesting, and we'll kind of break down FAU a little bit more before we get out of here. Here's one thing I wanted to do before we get out for this break and get Pipes on to talk about tonight's game. I wanted to kind of go to a different uh, topic or two because there's a couple of things out there, including Tommy DeVito, Illinois' quarterback last year. It was announced today that he will stay as the starter uh, for the New York Giants, according to head coach Brian Dayball, uh, he'll he'll start for the Giants against the Packers in Monday night's matchup. So, Tommy D gets the Monday night matchup, which is pretty cool for him. It's that's a cool story that's going on there. Oh, that's I know. Awesome. Jeremy Werner wrote a great story on the Line I Inquirer about talk to his dad about the Tommy Mania. His dad's
1: on a TV legend. Oh, he's totally oh, hey, that guy.
0: <laughs> Is awesome. We we ate right next to his family, to Did his he really? dad and Tommy DeVito's family at Marianne's one morning. It was the the very fat. Uh, it was the very last home game of the year. And normally it's cold enough then that we kind of give up with breakfast and we set things up and then we head to Marianne's and we eat breakfast and then we walk back and get the tailgate on. But we were in there and we sat next to the DeVito family and it was pretty funny. His dad was hilarious, man. I mean he's he's got that Italian, you know. You just, oh yeah, everything about like anything. That you would ever say, okay, this guy, you know, what's he going to be like? That's exactly what Tommy's dad is. But I think it's really cool what DeVito's doing. And if nothing else, making a name for himself for a steady backup in the NFL for quite a few years.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's been, it's kind of been out of nowhere. I mean, you, you think about he was great for Illinois last year, but he never really gave me like this is a guy that's really going to get a chance in the no, NFL. And that's same no, here. nothing against him. It's just that well, he didn't get that vibe from, him coming out of college and he was much older. But the fact that he just kind of got thrown in there, his, his name was called when Daniel Jones and Tyrod Taylor went down. And it's not like, you know, I. Obviously, the, the Giants' offense has been pretty vanilla. He's not been asked to do a whole lot, but he's played really well for the circumstances he's been thrown in, and he's become such like a fan favorite over there in his hometown. Like That's just such a cool story, and I hope that he continues to, to prove himself, and hopefully he can stick in the league for a while.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. And Dayball even said, I thought Tommy earned it. We went back, quote, watched all the tape, thought he played two good games. Obviously, there are things we can all work on. Thought he earned the right to play. So that'll be pretty cool for Illinois fans and uh, and uh, Tommy DeVito as he gets the start on Monday night. Real quick before we get to Piper because he did text me back and he's walking to the arena. Baseball. There's a couple of notes on this. John Mazalok, the Cardinals president of operations, came out last night and did something that he never does. And he essentially called out the fact that they are actively trying to trade Tyler O'Neill. What is interesting is not the fact they're trying to trade Tyler O'Neill, which could be the next in a long line of Illinois, or of, Illinois of the Cardinals screw ups with getting rid of outfielders that move on and do some great things. But I, I tell every Cardinals fan that I talk to, you got to say it right now you got to say it right now. Do you want to get rid of Tyler or not? And if, if you're one of those that does not want to get rid of him, then you have every reason in the world to gripe when he turns into a Dallas Garcia and Randy or Rosarena. If you're one of those that is tired of his injuries and tired of him hardly ever playing, then you cannot complain if he goes somewhere and is the ALCS MVP in two years. And and that's just, that's just how it works. You just can't do it. Cardinals are on a long run kind of bad breaks when it comes to that stuff. So, obviously, I thought it was interesting that Mazaloc just basically came out and said that. That's just something he never does. On the Cubs side of things, kind of some news today that you heard. Now, we're both kind of in the same corner here in terms of do we really take much stock into this? But certainly the Cubbies, uh, there was a report that came out today that – Maybe a lot of Cubs fans wouldn't want to hear, Kyle. And what was that? Yeah,
1: so Bob Nightingale reported today. Now, I know he's kind of a, a meme all <laughs> over social media because he has a tendency to get some things wrong from time to time. But no. he did he did say uh, that the Chicago Cubs' optimism of landing Shohei Otani has now significantly waned, according to one high-ranking executive, leaving the Dodgers, Blue Jays, Angels, and Giants as the likely finalists. So take with that what you will. My my take on it is that I have not gotten my hopes up all off season about this. Okay. I think there's been a lot of smoke there about the Cubs being serious and making a serious run at Otani. Since the beginning of last season, basically, I have expected that he'll end up with the Dodgers. I haven't been one to get my hopes up about it. And I, I do think that ultimately I wouldn't be shocked if that's true. But I think that that – raises the urgency level to do some other things if you're the yeah. Chicago Cubs. Well,
0: I think if there's any truth to what he's saying, is it the price? Is it the fact that somebody may have to spend $600 million to get Otani? I
1: hope it's not that because, man, like I just think the value that he brings to an organization, especially if you're one of these big market teams that can't afford that, I hope it's not that you're getting scared away about the number. I hope it's more that in initial conversations or what it may be that he's just not really interested in, in Fair enough. coming to the Midwest or playing in Chicago or whatever it may be. I mean, there's been plenty of rumors about how he would love to stay on the West Coast and whatnot. Yep. So I hope it, I hope it's some other factor than just the Cubs don't want to give him what he's worth because I would be upset with that.
0: Okay. Uh, Night- Nightingale also tweeted out today, Cubs outfielder Christopher Morrell's name has surfaced in talks with the Tampa Rays about Styler, a starter Tyler glassnow. So
1: There better be something else in that deal because I would hate that, hate that deal if it's just Morrell for Glasnow. I hope you're being sarcastic. No, I would hate that. What? Christopher Morrell has been really, I mean, he's been one of the most exciting young hitters on this team. glassnow has got one year left. I think that would be an overpay okay. for the Cubs.
0: Okay, okay. Man, forget the go go for it next year, huh? Crazy. No, I
1: just think you got to you <laughs> got to know where guys value lies.
0: <laughs> It'll be interesting with him. Tyler doesn't throw a lot of innings.
1: No, that's the other thing.
0: And that's for sure. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, Derek Piper, he covers Illinois basketball, of course, not only for us, but also Illini and Choir. He's in New York. He was there at the Rutgers game. We can ask him about that, and we can look ahead to tonight with FAU in Illinois and Illinois in the Jimmy V Classic. Should be fun. Walking the streets like he's Harvey. Specter. Specter in suits. Oh, i got to tell you something about that when we go to break. Kyle and I are big suits guys now. So we'll talk to uh, Pipes, who's wa- – yeah, Well, I'm going to bring that up to him, like that he's strolling down, you know, New York Avenue or whatever it's called, and, and he's just in a suit and looking all spiffy
2: as he's on his way to the game. We'll talk to Pipes next. It is the drive. Jeremiah 2911 states, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. What a comfort we have in this passage, as the Lord is telling Jeremiah, I care for you and will take care of you. If you are in despair and think you have no hope, pray to the Lord for guidance. See how your life can be changed in the lives of those around you. This message brought to you by the Blossom Basket Florist. When
0: Ross went out, I always told him to be careful, and that was the last time I got to see Because someone didn't slow down and move over. Ross had on a bright orange shirt with reflective stripes the night he was killed.
2: He always had
0: that smile. He just lit up the room when he came in. Slow down and move over. When you see flashing lights, everybody is somebody, somebody. When
2: you see lights flashing, use caution passing. Let's all go home safe tonight.
0: Local, personal, trusted. Hi, this is Atah Durakan with First Federal Savings Bank of Champaign-Urbana, and we've been serving Champaign County since 1908. Our institution is safe, strong, and stable. We operate on a foundation of responsible and sound practices, and you can rest easy knowing we're your bank. Rated five-star superior by Bauer Financial, Inc., fast, friendly, and local. With local loan decisions and underwriting, if you're not already banking with us, give us a try, and we think you'll love it here. First Federal Savings Bank, 356bank.com, member FDIC, equal housing lender NMLS 435 120. Everybody needs insurance and that's why I love Kyle Lewis at Insurance Providers Group. This is Jay Lehman, All-American Linebacker. Kyle provides auto, life, health, and all kinds of commercial lines of insurance. They are my one-stop shop for all my insurance needs and all my rental properties are insured by IPG. That's why you need to email Kyle at ipgins.com. Kyle at IPGINS.com. You moved into your new home using two men and a truck. The garage was clean. Then, I love the new recliner. What are we going to do with this old one? Put it in the garage for now. Over time, this cycle garage for now, continued. Put it in the garage for now. Put it in the garage for now. Put it in the garage for now. It, garage for now, it, garage for now. <laughs> it happens. You got junk. Call Two Men in a Truck to get rid of all your
2: junk. Residential or commercial, Two Men in a Truck has a solution for your junk removal. Contact them at twomenchampagne.com. Two Men in a Truck. When it comes to finding a reliable vehicle, look no further than Sarah Champagne, your trusted automotive destination. They carry a lineup of top brands, including Honda, BMW, Subaru, GMC, and Buick. And they're not just about cars. They're about people. Their team is dedicated to providing you with trustworthy service and dependable vehicles that fit your lifestyle. Experience the difference at Sarah Champagne. Visit Sarah, S-E-R-R-A, Champagne.com. Hi, this is Chris Jackson with Kramer Siding and Window. And whatever your project, you can count
0: on Kramer Siding to offer you the best products backed by the best warranties in the business and a lifetime of great customer service. And right now, you can save 10% on roofing, sunrooms, and decks, get 15% off gutter helmet, and you can save 25% on preservation siding, windows, and doors. So call today or visit us at
2: KramerSiding.com
0: and let's get started on your project. I've got to clean out this garage. Let's see. What's the cheapest and easiest dumpster service in our area?
2: Here's what I found. The doggy bag.
1: Hmm, think she's broken. I'm not looking for takeout. Siri, try again.
2: The doggy bag from Bulldog Disposal in Muhammad.
0: Doggy bag? What's that? If you got junk that needs to go, but you don't want the hassle of having an enormous dumpster delivered, grab a doggy bag. Keep it as long as you need. They'll come take it away. For more information, just visit bulldoggybag.com. That's
2: bulldoggybag.com
0: switching is easy we do it all the time we switch on the lights we switch tv channels some of us switch partners while square dancing well that's a stretch but what's not a stretch is how you can switch and save with state farm in fact the brian hansen state farm agency right here in champaign urbana can switch you over and you can start saving today our team is ready to welcome you to the state farm neighborhood with the brian hansen state farm agency it's easy to switch and save just give our team a call at 217-344-1900 when you want the real deal like a good neighbor state farm is there You Harvey Specter wannabe walking down Broadway in New York City in your three-piece suit that's worth about what ten grand? Is that about what they go for, Derek Piper? What's up, buddy? Oh, there's no three-piece suit down here, but there is a lot
3: of hustle and bustle, and uh, right outside the garden right now. So uh, excited for a big one tonight, and, and cool place to be around Christmas time, especially.
0: Oh, I can't imagine. I saw your picture of the uh, tree the other day; that looked incredible. Uh I remember the one time I visited Manhattan in New York City. I didn't go into Madison Square Garden, but we walked by it. From the outside, it's not that impressive to me. Yeah,
3: it's fairly unassuming, right? It's not anything crazy in terms of what you expect. But the light, the light's pretty cool, and you definitely get the sense of, you know, having seen it on TV so many times. that Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a pretty cool place. But uh, really, you get inside, and you see the – the banners in there from the Knicks. And I, of course, you know, going back to me, being a, a 90s baby, the Knicks and Bulls <laughs> battles, but, uh, I remember a little bit as a kid, too. So uh, you just know that it's uh, the mecca of basketball, just one of the, the most famous arenas uh, in all of the world. So I'm uh, excited for some action in there tonight. And uh, unfortunately, this is my second trip back here.
0: The greatest saluki ever, Walt Frazier. Played a lot of games in that in that stadium, so uh, definitely, cool sure. to, definitely cool to watch games there for this. And we got Illinois and FAU tonight. Now, I want to go back a little bit with Rutgers, but I'm also itching to talk FAU. But let's do start on Saturday. Very impressive showing by Illinois. You, you have a Rutgers team that you came out on strong. They punched back what you expected, especially at home. But then Illinois in that second half just basically took over and dominated that game. How impressed were you walking out of the uh, the rack, I guess we'll call it, on Saturday?
3: Yeah, I was really impressed because teams don't go in there and do that to that team. You know, uh, I, I look back in the stats it's been since Steve Peichel's second year that have beaten that bad by a Big Ten team at the home floor. So, wow. uh, I mean, we'll end up seeing what the solid night season ultimately looks like. And they lost a handful of pieces in the offseason, like, McConnell and, and Mulcahy and, and Ken Spencer, so uh, I wouldn't be totally surprised if Rutgers is playing you know, on Wednesday in the Big Ten Tournament. We'll, we'll see how that goes. Line of times, of course, can be rooting for them to make that win look uh, pretty good on the resume at the end of it all, but uh still, like, big picture on the Illinois side. You're going up against uh, a pretty darn good defense. Uh, I think they offensively took a step forward when you look at the fact of the, the way they were able to move the ball, get different guys involved. Terrence, of course, continuing to play like a all American level. I know it's only a month into the season. Help you see that out to, to get that type of honor at the end of it all. But, uh, you know, he's he's just so explosive downhill and the way he's shooting the three now. I mean, that 45% range and, and shooting it with a lot of confidence. Uh, love to see Marcus Maske going. Uh, the ability to get him the ball in that mid post area. And I just felt like he was more aggressive and also got to the rim a little bit. And just to see other guys chip in, like Harmon come in and give you some. The production put the early to Gary A early to step up, make a three and, and get a couple of baskets. And, uh, yeah, they jumped on Rutgers early. we talked about slow starts to this team. They didn't have one of those. Uh, Rutgers definitely punched back and tried to get in it. That crowd, uh, which I think is one of the best in, in the Big Ten was willing then to, to, to turn that into a battle, but Illinois was able to weather that, go into halftime and, and find a way to, to explode that thing back open to about 20 points and, and never look back from there. So, uh, I think it, it's definitely one that should give the momentum and, uh, I think on the whole, Illinois, feeling pretty good about what they're doing, uh, obviously defensively all season, but coming off of that one offensively, trying to carry it over against the sure. FAU team has definitely scored their own right.
1: I know you wrote about Terrence Shannon over the weekend. You mentioned him there. Me and Lon were talking about him yesterday. What What is it about him this year? What have you noticed that's allowed him to take his game to seemingly another level, and how important is he going to be in this big week for Illinois?
3: I think he's just wearing the alpha dog role more naturally. I think he looks more comfortable in it. Uh, we've seen it, you know, in the past with guys like I.O. That uh, there are certain moments when you expect a star to step up, and uh, Terrence, as of right now, is, is doing that uh, at, at opportune times, and uh, you see, you know, late in the first half when Rutgers makes it really close, and and Terrence is able to hit a big step back three, and then get another finish to the rim and uh, then there's a, there's kind of the put away stretch, the knockout punch that Illinois was able to deliver there in the in the middle of the second half, or uh, they rattle off three threes. Uh, I think on three consecutive possessions, uh, Luke Goody had one of those with Terrence on the front end and the back end. And uh, that's when you see him go and, and punch the punch the pad underneath the basket. I know people have, uh, they remember Brian Randall enough, like no, 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 Terrence, don't, don't do that ever again. But uh, yeah, I, I, he's just playing with a ton of confidence. Uh, defensively, you can just tell, and he's talked a lot about it. His his awareness of, of how impactful he can be at that end, and how willing he is to draw some big time assignments. I think at times last year he kind of fluctuated in terms of how how much he really wanted to, to put into that end of the floor. And then uh, I think for the most part, I mean, it's, we've talked a lot about playmaking and point guard play and whatnot. I think he's making good decisions the ball in hand. He'd have five turnovers against Rutgers. Two of them came in really garbage time late, but. Uh, he's, he's a guy that is able to move the ball, and they're able to really just play off of the attention that he's drawing. So uh, I, I just like the way he's carrying himself. I feel like you know a guy like Io got that chance to be an alpha earlier on in his career, so it kind of clicked for him. You know, going into his you know latter portion of his sophomore year into his junior year, Terrence hadn't been an alpha in his, in his career until last year. So now that he's in year two of that, I just feel like he's more comfortable and obviously uh, leading the charge for on right now.
0: Good call, Derek Piper, joining us on the Tapman's Towing phone line, live from New York City. That's pretty cool, man. Although I did read that Suits was taped in Toronto, Ontario. A lot of it, so that kind of kind of brings it down a little bit here as we keep going with the 18-year-old show that Kyle and I just found. Um, hey, let's talk about this game tonight with FAU. The bright lights, baby, in New York City. It's the Jimmy V. Illinois finally won a game in the Jimmy V. last year, so they're one and three in this. Uh, what a fun time, and, and and what a chance for Illinois, who's already played Marquette. I know they played Kansas, obviously. but And then now going to Tennessee soon, this is a chance to, on a non-conference to play a really good team. How fun is this going to be tonight?
3: It's going to be a lot of fun. And just knowing the company that you're in, I think is really yes. a big deal. And I asked Brad a little bit about, about that yesterday, that you, know, you get invited to the D V back-to-back years, and really three of the last four. When you look back to the COVID season, they played Baylor. Uh, in Indy and what was the Jimmy V as well. So uh, I mean, this is each and every year. If you were just to, to blindly say, you know, name the the biggest early season events in college basketball, of course you're going to probably go to the Maui. You're going to mention the Champions Classic, but uh, Jimmy V is, is is one of those, and it's been that for a long time. So uh, for Illinois to be on that stage is is certainly important to credit to what they've done here recently. Uh, and then as far as the the opportunity to really test yourself, I mean, that Texas win. Was probably the difference between you know going to the tournament and being squarely on the bubble, if not out uh, last year. So uh, you'd be a team that was second ranked in the country, a team that went to the Elite Eight, and now you're going to face one that went a step further last year and went to the Final Four. So uh, I mean, it, it gives you that gauge. It's, it's great. I think Brad would, would love the fact. And uh, I mean, we'll see how this this one plays out. But we have seen Kansas, Marquette, and then an FAU team, all squads, and if you throw Tennessee in there on Saturday, all squads that could be playing. Uh, deep into March, it, it allows you to see where you're at and how you stack up. And, uh, I, I think we're past the point of probably wanting to to, to learn as much as, about it as, as you just want to win. I mean, you want to take advantage of this opportunity and, and get that big quad one win. And uh, I think that you know this is a chance where a lot of people are loving on FAU recently, and for good reason. But uh, Illinois can assert itself more in the national picture and have this be a win that that really. Helps move them some seed lines in March, uh, assuming that you know, FAU carries this thing on. and They're really impressive, man, but I, I think Illinois has a chance to be as well if they can put this thing together.
1: As you look at this matchup, you've got a big strength versus a big strength. FAU comes in top ten nationally offensively, Illinois top ten nationally defensively. What do you think the key is going to be for Illinois to slow down this FAU offense and what are maybe some of the matchups you're going to be watching on that front?
3: Yeah, is great uh, in terms of shooting, play four-guard lineups around Black Gold who's a 7-for-1 big man. and uh, you know They really want to be able to create looks from three, break you down, kick it out. Uh, they have a number of different guys that can play off the dribble, and, and this is just a really deep FAU team, even as they dig in the bench. You know, they, they got a guy and uh, Brian Greenland who was a starter for them last year, and now he's coming off the bench. You just think about that like a starter on the Final Four team now coming off the bench to being a guy that can Provide a spark for them. I just chose their, their depth, but uh, I, I think for Illinois, it's definitely going to start with containing John L. Davis and Elijah Martin. They're the two-headed monster in the backcourt. Uh, two guys that you know I've have, have done it on a big stage and were huge, and they're under four. Both you know they they put up 51 combined uh, when they beat number 12 Texas A&M earlier this year. So uh, they can really shoot it from three, take shots off the dribble. Uh, I think I want to see as much of Darren Shannon and. And Ty Rodgers on both those guys as possible. Uh, I, I feel like FAU is going to try to get Illinois switches to, uh, you know, get the matchups they want. Whether that's that's Marcus Thomas, Luke Goody. can you know Illinois maybe you know try to fight against that as much as possible. Can and then when those guys run on those others, uh, can they get enough stops and, and maybe even provide some help in, in that sense? So uh, holding it down for three, which is, is really a, been a staple of Illinois throughout not only this year, but Brad's recent team is just what they do. Uh, they, they don't help off a lot in terms of you know the health defenders on the perimeter, which does put you in a lot of one-on-one island-type matchups, take it beat to, to the rack. So uh, that's something I want to see as far as Illinois goes, is the lane you know, create uh, and also transition too, because you can run and really get in the rhythm. So uh, trying to make sure they don't feel comfortable, they feel your your size, I think that's that's one other thing that uh, we'll kind of see what gives is that Illinois is a much bigger team in terms yeah. of their size. You know, the you know, FA is going to go essentially four guards that are six four and below, and, and really, you know, uh, a lot of those in that six one six two category. Sort of is Illinois' bigger wings and guards uh, make it tougher to find clean looks, or are those guys driving past the bigger defenders with their speed and quickness? So. Uh, that's kind of one of those those push-pull things. We'll see what it ultimately gives. But uh, both are, are really, really good at their respective ends of the floor.
0: Just a couple more with Derek Piper, who's got stuff to do tonight, including a game that begins at 5.30 out in New York. So uh, coming up here uh, – 6.30, I guess, there. So 5.30 here. Um, Coleman did such a great job, I felt like, especially in the second half, but against Cliff Amore, and I think that really bothered Rutgers not to have their guy. So tonight, you're going against a Golden, as you mentioned earlier, as a kid averaging about 16 a game and seven rebounds. Is it necessary for Coleman to kind of shut him down, kind of, and and make him have the kind of game Amore did? Is that necessary for Illinois to win tonight, or can you kind of, as the old saying goes, kind of contain him and still get it done against this FAU squad?
3: Yeah, I think you can if you just make things difficult for him. Don't let him to get on the offensive glass. That's an area that uh, he he has a big strength in, and can pop up with you know six, seven offensive rebounds of his own. And, if Illinois' perimeter is going to get the job done and make sure that FAU doesn't hit a bunch of threes I and mean, you got to finish the job and be able to get those defensive rebounds, and not allow them to kind of hang in there. If Golden's able to, to hit you on the glass and, and just kind of weather that storm and then all of a sudden you know those other guys get going. So uh, I also feel like Golden is, is a much more polished back-to-the-basket scorer than Amore is. Amore more of a physical, athletic guy. Uh, but Golden is going to... Able to challenge you a little bit more. If, if he gets the ball on the block, you know, five feet now, he can make a move, uh, get with his, with his hook shots. And, uh, that's something he can definitely do. And then at the defensive end, he's a, good, he's a good shot blocker. He's somebody that, uh, that that's probably the biggest thing I, I think I would look for Coleman to do is we have yet to really see him get going offensively. And, and not that so it was really surprising that he's kind of had a rocky offensive performance against Rutgers coming off that long layoff, but if he can. Knock down a three or two, just kind of encourage Golden to come out and guard him. That'll open up the, the paint for Terrence and, and some of Illinois' bigger uh, type of players to get to the basket and, and not maybe not have that seven foot one guy waiting for him. So I think that's that's pretty important. Uh, but but no doubt, I, I think between Coleman and Dane, they got to fare pretty well against Golden. they got to put together a really nice stretch and yeah. first, you know we talked about FAU being as good as they are, he he them scoring,
1: rebounding. Uh, and shot blocking too, so he's he's definitely a key. Lon and I both read your prediction this yeah. morning. Lon nearly spoiled it during the first segment, so <laughs> uh, I totally did. But well, we'll let you give it. Do you think Illinois can get this one done tonight at MSG? I
3: definitely think they can, and I I I don't feel great about it one way or another. In terms of trying to predict it, I, I can't wait to get in there and watch it. Uh, honestly. It, Hope to see some of the North Carolina UConn game, kind of as a side note, too. Just two really, really good matchups. But uh, as I look at it, I do think, you know, it, there is that, that intrigue of, you know, which side's going to win out, which strength's going to really win out. Um, I love the way that Terrence is playing. I think that he'll, you know, in a, in a decent likelihood be the best player on the floor. Uh, I like that, like I said, you know, Damascus is coming along, that, that Luke is, is being a consistent guy in his role. Uh, i think it's a close game but ultimately I- i'll ride with the team that had some more time to play together this, this squad you know was all essentially part of that you know they really were you know, they lost one guy from their final four team last year and uh, got a lot of continuity and togetherness and, and don't make a lot of mistakes and going away is still figuring some things out in, in that sense and uh, it, this would be a huge win i think it would look great on a resume i think going away is very capable of getting it done and it would Probably say a lot about, you know, how good their defense really is. They can slow this this team down enough to beat them, but uh, I have FAU seventy three, Illinois seventy. Hope to be wrong, but that's that's what I'm
0: all <laughs> Well, we can boo you when we get off the phone. How about that? Well, pipes? go for it. I, I'm with you. I people think people are
3: saying a lot meaner things out here on the streets <laughs> in New York. You know, they're, they're kind of rough around the
1: edges. You
0: know, <laughs> that's nothing, right? A boo won't. That, that's not going to do anything yeah. to you. Hey, real quick before we go, I mean, so last night you were able to see the tree. What? What? You got any other things going on in New York? Or were you able to do some other things there as well?
3: Uh, yeah, we, we were down a, a little bit yesterday. I admittedly, you know, last year they're kind of more of the, the tourist route. You know, I'm a, I'm a tired dad. And, uh, <laughs> I've, been, I've been working and, uh, so the downtime, I, I really, I got to sleep on Sunday. I slept through the, the slate of the first slate of, uh, football games when your Cardinals decided to give us a win. And oh, we appreciate yeah. that. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, just, you know, you always got to hit up the local <laughs> establishment. I will say, uh, Pizza down here, uh, also as well as the, the chicken farm sandwich I had today. So the, the eats have been really good. I, I'll say that I've I've treated myself on that front, but uh, not as much uh, exploring around. Although I, I'm already tired of the subway. That thing is uh, <laughs> way too congested. It's, it's not the, the the most friendly uh, of places, but uh, I. I I wouldn't like to live here, but I do appreciate the opportunity
0: to be here, so it's been fun. I, I agree. It's one of those where it's beautiful to see and then it's time to go. And and you'll be doing that soon. Hopefully within a line I win. Let's get it done. We'll probably talk with you tomorrow. Does that work? Yeah, I'll do it. Let's go. All right, Pipes. Have fun, my man.
3: We'll do it. Good talking to you guys.
0: Okay, buddy. Derek Piper, New York City. Isn't technology cool? We can call him on a phone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's that's very cool. I mean,
0: that's cool. We're, are we like in the most... I've never known anything else since I've been alive. Well, right. Yeah. Exactly. Are we... Like, well, I lived without a cell phone. Right. Until I was like your age now. Actually, no, you'd have to get about two years older. And then that's when I finally acquired my first cell phone. How about that? So, like, it's amazing just all the different communication, the way you can communicate now, like with everything. You know, like all the social media just podcasts, stuff like that. I, I always like when I, when I would visit with people in Florida, they're like, what do you do? And I'm like, well, I, you know, I own an insurance agency and, and, you know, uh, my partners and I run the insurance agency, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, Oh, that's cool. You know, that's, and then you know, they just quickly move on to the next. And I'm like, and I do a sports show in the afternoon on radio. And they're like, what? <laughs> and it's like, Yeah, like, so, like, there's really not much interest in the first job. Right. But the second one, they're like, oh, so you do podcasts? I'm like, well, not really, but I guess you can podcast the show. So, I I don't know what the answer is to that when people say, oh, so you do a podcast. I'm like, well, not really. Yeah, no, I don't. You can podcast the show, but
1: but this is a radio show that is live from 3 to 5 every day. Yeah.
0: I think, yeah, I, I
1: think you have a different idea of what it is if you call it a
0: podcast. The, the, next, the next one I get is, I'm like, no, I, we do the show from 3 to 5 during the week. And they're like, every day? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I, like, is that, is, that, is, is that that difficult to comprehend? No. Like, you do it every day? I'm like, y- yeah, we do. used to do it from 3 to 6. Now, Now that you've been here for a year... Can you imagine three hours of radio? It was hell. I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, I was I was younger then. I mean, what? I was like 39 when I started this venture. And it was fun at first. But then after a few years, I mean, Jeremy and I kept looking at each other going, dude, we got another hour to go. And I'm like, what? We have talked about every possible thing we can talk about regarding this game or today's sports or looking ahead or looking behind. It's like, ah, so... Moving to two hours gave me a little bit of a jolt of energy, and now I'm like, you know, now you partially wish retired. There was one, hour <laughs> one hour, or you're done. <laughs> two hours is too much for Lon now. If I can just go one hour, that's what we need to do. That's what I need oh, to no. work into my next contract, where I just come in and join you and Piper from like, let's say three oh, thirty to four thirty. Like right in the heart of the show, you know. And- you do
1: like the Pat McAfee where he brings in like AJ <laughs> yes. Hawk in like the second hour, and he just shows up on the Zoom call in a tank. Top. And he's not even there.
0: No, yeah, because Hawk doesn't ever wear a tank top, does he? He kind of no. dresses. Not that wearing a tank. Not top that is he's not wearing normal. a suit or anything. No, but- no, that's funny. Yeah, that's maybe that's the next step. And then, then I just become like the guy that you call if you need somebody to do a show one day. How about that? That kind of sounds good to be honest. Oh no. No. You can make my money. I'll just give you all my cash and you just go <laughs> you just go on doing it. I got a there. degree to get first. Yeah, right, right, exactly. That's exactly right. Well, Illinois and FAU is gonna be that's gonna be a lot of fun tonight. And I think it will be a chance for a, again, another test for Illinois. And that's what you want. And obviously, this is a team we keep expecting. Nothing to really throw them off because of the experience of this team and because of guys being 23, 24 years old, playing four, you know, years of basketball already in their fifth year, and just guys that have been there and done that. And even a guy like Luke Goody, who's in his third year, that you know, obviously sat out a lot of last year because of injury, but he's seen a lot his freshman year. It was a team that Lost to Houston in that second round, but was a good, solid squad. And then last season, he battles back from injury and plays in the second, you know, last quarter of the year, let's say, and gets to an NCAA tournament. I think about guys like Marcus Damask, who have never played in an NCAA tournament, and a chance. And I, I would assume Justin Harmon hasn't. Nope, he played in the NIT last year. But okay, um, I'm trying. Is there anybody else? Did well? Gary A has Gary
1: A played? I believe. Two years ago, Oregon made it,
0: and okay. then I would have to think Syracuse probably. made it at least one of those two years. He I was would there. think so as well. So, But a guy like Marcus Damask, who has never played in an NCAA tournament, and I think he's the kind of guy that probably sits there. and Look, I'm a Saluki, so this is no knock on my alma mater, but you're, you usually aren't playing the 11th ranked team in the country. So I'm sure for a guy like Marcus Damas, this is part of what he signed up for, right? Yeah. Not only has he not
1: played in the NCAA tournament, he hasn't played on ESPN primetime in Madison Square Garden in a stage like this, you know. So this is a moment for him to really shine. That's
0: exactly right. And he's showed
1: up so far this year. The two biggest games they played, he's come to play.
0: He does come to play, and he just kind of he's just kind of the same damask the entire time, right? It's he just doesn't get he doesn't get too rattled, he doesn't get too explosive. (laughs) But he can certainly uh, carry you for a little bit if needed on that. All right, Brad Underwood certainly is ready for this game as well. Yesterday, he met with the media. When we come back next hour, we'll hear from Brad, get his thoughts. We'll take your thoughts on the U of I, Lining link text line. That's 217-359-2255. Again, 359-2255. Maybe at 430 to 5, we'll open it up for somebody to call in. We haven't taken a call in a while. Should we do that? Here's the tricky part is we don't. You got to call us during a
1: break. Yeah. Because that, there's two of us here.
0: That or if we're on the air, you just got you you to come out. You got to text us
1: and make, and we don't want to, do we want to answer just like we see someone call in and we yeah, got
0: to. Maybe if, you know, for like, hey, welcome to the drive. And they're like, hey, this is Tom from Thomasboro. Or this is so Dan we're gonna, from we're Danville. They're not going to
1: screen these calls at all. It's just, yeah. well,
0: we're going we're to risk it. Or Phil from Philo. I could go on, or or Buddy Oak from Oakwood. Yeah, maybe we do that. Kind of cool. Okay, or Hugo from Hugo. I like that. All right, we'll we'll uh, hear from Brad. Maybe hear from you
2: also next hour. It is the dry.
0: <laughs> I'm Justin Ike,
1: co-owner of Fred's Plumbing, Heating, Air Conditioning, Electric, and Underground.
2: So Justin, tell me what you see as typical when it comes to sewer repair. Give me a scenario.
1: Your sewer's backed up and somebody comes along and says, you need this repair for X amount of dollars. Here's my price. And you don't think to go looking for another company or a second opinion because you don't feel like you have time.
2: So is it possible that you might get charged a little more because it's kind of a desperate moment? Do some companies do that? Well,
1: absolutely. absolutely. Absolutely, they will. They know you're in a pinch. Typically, if you call us, me or Will can be out there within an hour to look at that problem for you. Whether you call me first or you call me second, make sure you give me a call.
2: Anything else, Justin?
1: You can always trust Fred's.
2: Great to know. Thank you. That's Justin Ike, the co-owner of Fred's Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning, Electric, and Underground. If you want more information about this great 45-year family-owned company, just go to Fred'sCU.com. That's Fred'sCU.com.
0: Want unbeatable prices on your next furniture purchase, but also seeking that local, hometown feel? Look no further than Kelsey Furniture in Tuscola. Customers rave about their friendly, established staff, as well as their great selection, amazing prices, and second-to-none delivery service. They're a third-generation local business, and they've always got your best interests at heart. Find the look you love for less. Open 9 to 5, Monday through Saturday, but always available online at KelseyFurniture.com. That's KelseyFurniture.com.